Hey, this is episode seven of Kind Words, and tonight we have my friend Brad Benz on to talk about his life and a bunch of other things. Thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight, and let's get started. Brad, what's going on, man? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you doing today? Nice to see you, man. It's good to see you, too. You've been here for half an hour now? Yeah. We've just been setting up this whole time. Yeah, it's quite a process. It is definitely quite a process. It's annoying when there's technical difficulties. I, I thought about starting my own podcast, but then I'm not good with the technical stuff, so I don't know. I probably have to hire somebody or something. <laughs> I can help you with that. You don't have to hire anyone. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, man. Got you, man. So, um, I'm happy you came here, man. I'm happy you're on kind words, and I'm ha- <laughs> happy you invited me, dude. Of course, of course, of course. Um, so how old are you, Brad? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm 23, about to turn uh, 24 tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow's your birthday. Uh yeah, uh November eighth is actually my birthday. Dude, happy and birthday. I can't believe you didn't tell me though. Yeah, so it's uh I'm Shoot. gonna be twenty four. It's crazy. Cause you know, it all goes downhill from here. That's like who told you that? It's very uh, pessimistic, Brad. Yeah, uh you know if all the birthdays now feel the same, uh you know, when I was twenty one it was like Oh, this is like a cool birthday. Like this is like the special one, but yeah. All the birthdays from now on feel all the same. I guess you just get older, you know. Well, I'm glad I have something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Thanks, man. <laughs> glad I could give you hope. Yeah, exactly. Um so I was going to ask are you excited to be 24, but that's a pretty solid answer right there. I mean, yeah, it's just another number. That's fair. Did you enjoy your younger numbers better than your medium numbers? Yes, because uh, <laughs> all the younger numbers was me just trying to grow older, I guess. And now that I'm older, I just want to be younger. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I get that. That's that's uh, <laughs> quite... That's painful. That sucks. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> well, there's a, lot, there's a lot life has to offer, you know, past 24. 24, <laughs> you know, 24 is not old, man. 24 is not old. Don't tell me that. It feels old in my in my body. Not my mind, though. My my mind feels young, but my body feels old. I understand. Yeah. So t- tell us a little bit about um growing up. Where are you from? Who are you? Who Who is Brad? <laughs> well, I was born in uh, Walnut Creek, California. Uh, when I was about four years old, I moved to Las Vegas and then grew up there until I turned uh, 15. And then I moved back uh, to California for high school. And, um, yeah, because, you know, all the high schools in uh, Las Vegas area, uh, they're not very good. So Really? Yeah, they have a lot of gang issues. Guns and knives and, you know, uh, drugs and stuff. Shoot. Um, California is a little more put together when it comes to high school. 
They know they know what they're doing. Um, and I feel like now that I moved here for high school, uh, those four years were some of the best years of my life. Um, In California? Yeah. Not only because of the people I met, but because of the teachers that taught me. Um, and I don't think I would have had that quality of of an experience if I still lived in Las Vegas. I feel that. Do you do you ever miss Vegas though? Um there's some aspects I miss like I I still have some friends down there but um most of my friends are now up here. Uh I kind of grown a community up here now, so That's right, dude. Yeah, man. I love it now. It's a, the Bay Area is a pretty cool place. It took me a while to get used to it. It took me it took me a long time to kind of adjust to the atmosphere, I guess you could say. How would you say it's different? Well, it's just people's attitudes um, are different here. I feel like people here are uh, more laid back versus Las Vegas. Las Vegas is a little more um, judgy. Judgy. I guess you could say, yeah. Okay. Every everybody's a little more uh selfish. Shoot. In in Las Vegas. <laughs> I I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna put down Las Vegas like it's a it's a good place to like grow up but um yeah the people are kinda all about themselves. And here it's here in California it's like more of a community, I guess you could say. I'm glad you're having a better experience here, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was tough to adjust. Um, at first, like my freshman year of high school, um, wasn't that great. Um, it's kind of um, at San Ramon. Yeah, it was kind of like trying to get used to my new atmosphere. Um, I didn't have any friends. Uh, my freshman year, so it was kind of a down year. But uh, the three years after that were amazing that's awesome man yeah so, so would you say overall san ramon was a supportive community and yeah um i mean i did stuff there that i never thought would be possible um i felt like i was part of a family versus uh part of a high school that's awesome yeah so um i knew everybody and everybody knew me and like I don't want to sound cocky, but <laughs> I was like a popular guy in high school. So that's great, man. Yeah, and then after high school, um, I kind of got lost because when you're there for four years, you kind of grow grow a community, kind of grow a family, and then after four years, it's taken away from you. So I kind of had to adjust and figure out my own path. I totally get that, man. It's it's a rough transition, you know, after you graduate. Because especially if you stay in the area, a lot of your friends flock to different states or colleges or wherever. Yeah, and that's what happened is, like, um, I stayed behind and a lot of my friends just went off to college in different areas and I was, like, kind of alone. Uh, so, I, during that time, like, I developed um, a little bit of depression um had had some bad thoughts going on in my head and i knew like something was wrong and i had to go get some help um 
So for the past, like, I would say five years, I've been going to therapy now, and that's really been helping me. And I know people, some people, they judge therapy, like, oh, if you go to therapy, you're, like, crazy or whatever. And that's not true at all. Therapy's very helpful. Yeah, it's very helpful. Um, You could talk about things that you can't really talk about with anybody, anybody else. Outside of uh, therapy. That's great, man. Yeah, so it's really, like, saved my life. Because without therapy, I I don't think I would um, be here right now. Like, I think I would, like, uh, not to sound dark or anything, but I think I would be dead. Well, thank God you're here, man. Yeah, so therapy really uh, saved my life. And uh, shout out. To Dr. Paul. Uh, <laughs> love that guy. He's amazing. Um, I, I never thought I would find a therapist as cool as that guy, man. Dr. Paul Kramer. Dr. Paul Kramer. If you're in the area, go see that guy. If you need help with anything, man, he's the dude. I'll keep that in mind. And that's awesome. Um, so how did you get through that dark time? Was it? Was it just the therapy, or did you find other ways to cope? Or, oh, uh, for me, there was really no coping. Like, uh, it was just like a, a bad time. I guess my family is one of the reasons why, like, saved me. Um, like my my sisters and my my dad really. Um, w- without family, you know, it it was hard. Um, you know, because I felt like I was alone, but. I, I really wasn't alone, yeah. but in my own head I was. Like, um, and that's kind of like the thing that people don't understand about depression is like your mind's playing tricks on you, and your mind makes you think like, oh, you have nobody, nobody cares, uh, nobody loves you, but in reality, um, you have a family and people love you and care about you. Um, so there's something in your mind that, I guess like switches or yeah, yeah. It's kind of a crazy um, thing. I I can't really explain it. It's kind of like a switch that just uh, turns on and and makes you think a different way. Well, I'll add on to that. Even even people going through depression who don't necessarily have families or supportive communities around them, you're still worth it. There's so many good things about life to live for, and there's. More than other people, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, man. Not that like supportive family and friends, like they can they can pull you through some really rough times. But there's definitely more to live for. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And one of the things I found out about my depression is like um, I get depressed and sad a lot when I'm alone by myself, um, like at my house or uh, in my room. Like, I'm kind of like a homebody, so I find myself, if I'm at home too much, I get, I get depressed, and um, so uh, when I met you, and I met people like Travis, and you guys were like, really helped me, because you gave me a place to go besides my house. I appreciate that, man. You know what I mean? So you, you kind of motiv- motivated me to like, go somewhere and get out of the house and hang out with people, and you guys kind of gave me a community to look forward to, you know. 
that's that. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad you fell into my life, man. I'm glad we fell into each other's life. It's yeah. it's a funny thing how we met actually, because we were going to that Brittany's birthday party, but neither one of us knew Brittany or any of the other people there except for Travis, right? Yeah, we only knew Travis. But you know, uh, so we got invited to this birthday party, and I know we we knew well, Travis got invited. Yeah, and he was he was allowed to bring whoever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we we, we were like his plus ones. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I guess you could say, yeah. and um, yeah, so it was super fun. I didn't know anybody uh, at the time, and then after that, we got invited to these coffee groups that they went to. Well, let's. So this this birthday uh, dinner for this girl named Brittany, it was a lot of the people going to this dinner were involved in the church that me and you currently go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is the Rock in Blackhawk, California, or Danville. I don't. It, it's on the edge. It's something like that. <laughs> um, but this is before I'd have ever, I had ever been to church. I'd been to church like a couple times growing up, but like regularly went or was actively following Christ. Right. Well, same with you though, right? Yeah. So like I've been going to church my whole life, but um, not on a consistent basis. Like I've been in and out of church, church and like i i would go and then not go for like a year or uh, you know or a few months or whatever so i i wasn't really cuz i was kind of um i didn't know what to think like um would people judge me if i felt this way or what would people uh what would people think about me and um so that kind of stopped me from going and believing like, I kind of belie- believed that at one point, but um, it just kind of didn't feel right at that at that time uh, when I was, like, 17, 18. Yeah. Uh, I guess I was kind of trying to figure out myself still. So, yeah, it's, like, I went to church all the time uh, on, like, holidays and stuff and stuff like that, but not on a consistent basis every Sunday, you know? Well, what? So now that we've both been going for seven or eight months or something like that, yeah. How would you say it's changed? Changed? Has it changed your life? It has changed my life. Um, you know, like I said, it it gave me a community to 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 look forward to. To it gave me people I could count on, because I I felt like um, before I found this church, um, I've been to different ones, all kind of different ones, and. None of them feel like this one. None of them feel like The Rock. None of them feel like people care. Yeah. You know? And it's like a younger demographic. Uh, like people in their 20s, 30s. So, you know, I, I, could, I feel like I fit in a lot better. That's good, man. You know? Yeah. I got a, I got a question, though. Would you say... You've been, so now that you've been going there for a while, have yeah. you... Do you feel like your relationship with God or your faith has improved or grown or what? Oh, for sure. Like, um, you know, like I said, I, I used to care what people think, uh, thought about me or like if they would think I was weird if I believed in God. But now I don't really care. People can think whatever they want. Like God is um, with me and I believe in God and uh, he has a plan for me. And um, the moment I gave myself to Jesus and stuff. Um, I felt a shift in my body and my life. Um, I feel much happier. 
I feel like everything that's happening right now is happening for a reason. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the the, uh, future. Awesome, man. Yeah. So speaking of the future, you have told me that you're you have an interest in going into stand up comedy. Yeah, for sure. Uh been doing stand up comedy for a couple months now, going uh from here back to LA, back to here, you know, traveling, meeting people. Uh just trying to get my name out there, you know, cuz stand up comedy is like a tough game, you know. It takes a while, you know. You have to um get your material right. You have to like practice and practice and practice like everything you do um but yeah it's it's been really fun it's been like an eye-opening experience also a little bit nerve-wracking because nowadays in stand-up comedy you can't you have to kind of be careful what you talk about uh you know because if you talk about something wrong you know you could end up in the news tmz whatever (laughs) uh you know so you have to kind of be careful but uh yeah you know I've been trying to make it in this in the stand-up comedy world for a while now. What uh what inspired that path? What inspired you to take that path? Well, you know, uh I just been watching stand-up comedy like almost my whole my whole life growing up, you know, uh people like uh Dane Cook, uh Kevin Hart, um just like the stand-up comedy uh world is like always been um, a unique thing to me, and like I've always wanted to go for it and try it. Um, and when you've got people telling you that you're funny and like you should do it, you know, you, you just kind of say, okay, I'll, I guess I could give it a shot, you know. And so I've been doing that. Um, also, for anyone out there trying to do it, just go for it. Just don't let anyone. Uh, tell you uh, anything, just go with your heart and how you feel. Oh, that's awesome, man. I'm happy to hear that you're pursuing something that makes you happy and like it, it's a cool it's a cool path to take. Yeah, it is. Also a little nerve wracking. <laughs> a lot of a lot of things are nerve wracking. But sometimes you gotta um jump face first right into your fears. Yeah. And that's how you'll get the desired result that you want. I know because so that, that it, is right for you. It's yeah. weird because um when I was younger, um, I used to have, like, a, a major stri- uh, stage fright. Like, didn't want to be in front of people. Like, I I hated giving speeches in front of, like, 12 people. Really? Uh, yeah. So, you know, I I didn't want to... I hated giving, like, present presentations at school. I didn't want to... I, w- I would literally, like, uh, take an F. From, <laughs> Actually, yeah. yeah well, how, wait, how many times did you do, do that? Most of all, all, all the time. Like back in middle school, elementary school. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I would just take an F, uh, because I didn't want to do the speech, because I was so nervous. Like, right? I didn't want people to judge me. But now I don't care. Like, I just go up on stage and do my jokes. And if you like my jokes, if you don't like my jokes, I don't really care. You know. I just do it just to do it. That's the right way to do it. Yeah. Not that there is a right way, but that is a good way to do it, at least. Yeah. You know. But um, also, practicing stand-up comedy is like you get more uh, relaxed when you do it more. 
um, you know, uh, when you're stale and you haven't done it in a while, you get a little nervous. But yeah, just keep uh, practicing and getting better, and then you'll get more comfortable. So, do you? How often do you write material? And like, do, do you have a plan going forward, or is it just day by day, trusting the gut, whatever's working? Well, how I write my material is like um, sometimes it just happens to me, and then sometimes. I think of something that might be funny, and then I work it out. I write it down in my phone in the notes app. Um, so yeah, sometimes it just happens, and then sometimes I create it. Awesome. Yeah. What, what inspires the material? What is it? Uh, What's it about? It's it's the stuff in my head. It, it's funny how your brain works, man. It's like. Um, some of the jokes are dark jokes. Uh, I guess it just depends on how I'm feeling that day. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it's my joke. My jokes are uh, moods, basically. Huh. Yeah. That's a cool way to I, think of it. <laughs> I know. Like I, I never heard it put that way, but uh, my jokes are moods. So I might be feeling one one way one day, and then another on another day and then um whatever comes out of it comes out of it so i got a question if you had like do you have a dream to open for a certain comedian or is there someone if you could open for any comedian who would it be kevin hart kevin hart yeah well maybe that will happen someday man that would be cool i know i'll come i'll come watch you open up for kevin hart i I would love that i'm coming i'm coming to your um your you're going to an open mic on yeah november 20th November twentieth at Tommy T's in where? Uh, Pleasant Pleasanton. Pleasanton. Yeah, first competition ever. I never done a competition uh, like this before, so I'm a little nervous. But I got you know, uh, you know what's funny about that is um, on November twentieth is is the competition, but on November nineteenth um, I'll be returning from uh, Los Angeles where I'll be doing stand-up comedy also. So Where are you performing on the 19th? Uh, every, everywhere. Everywhere? Um, <laughs> every, everywhere I could get in. Wait, so, okay. Uh, like, Multiple places on that day or on that trip? No, well, on the trip, on the trip. Yeah, so um, I'll be doing like most likely three or four uh, stand-up comedy um, dates uh, at all different kind of places. Uh, ha, ha. Uh, cafe is the name of this one place. Ha ha cafe. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, last time I was there, only like twelve people were there. But <laughs> you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Hey man, uh, sometimes you know? the shows with smaller crowds are more fun than shows with bigger crowds because it's more intimate. Yeah, it, it was it was cool, man. Um, got to meet other comedians. Actually, when I was there, um, Damon Wayne's. Uh, senior and junior were there at Ha Ha Cafe, and that was pretty cool, man. Uh, Damon Wayne's senior, he performed like 45 minutes, and he was like amazing. And I've always looked up to him and thought he was cool. And, you know, he's been on TV, uh, my wife and kids, all that stuff, and like it's just kind of cool to see a celebrity <laughs> that, that you've never seen yeah. uh, except on TV, you know? Rad. Very cool. Are you are you working any jobs or anything like that at the moment? Uh, no. I, I you know, I I've been 
looking for jobs, you know, of course, but with my disability and everything, uh, it, it's very rare that I, that I can get a job or even interview for a job. Some, yeah. some jobs I uh, put an application in for, I don't even get interviews. Um, and so uh, sometimes I think it's because of the way I am, but, you know, you can't always think that way. Um, but, yeah, who knows, man. But I've been trying. Uh, it's been tough for me, man. Sorry to hear that, dude. It's, yeah. I, I can't I can't relate, but I, I can't even imagine what going through that is like and having to live with what you have to deal with is a semen like, man. Yeah, cere- cerebral palsy. Uh, you know, it's tough, man, uh, living in a wheelchair um, all the time. Uh, people, people think it's like a cool thing. Like, oh, look at him. He's like in a wheelchair. How cool. Like he, he does like wheelies and like, <laughs> oh, you know. Has and, someone uh, actually said that to you? Yeah. Like, uh, like, oh, how cool. Like he does like wheelies and stuff. Like, oh, I want to be in a wheelchair. And I, and I always uh, say, I always say like, no, you don't like, it's kind of horrible to be in a wheelchair all the time. Um, like I'm only 24 and and like I deal with um, uh, back issues and knee issues, and my body's uh, constantly like breaking down, and there's constantly like issues. Um, I constantly have to go to the doctors for certain things, and um, it's it's rough. So I might look young on the outside, but on the inside, it's like I'm an old man. Is it scary dealing with? This, or, or are you used to it at this point? Well, I'm used to it at this point. I mean, I've been dealing with it my whole life, you know? I've been in a wheelchair. This is all I know. Versus um, somebody who is paralyzed. They haven't been in a wheelchair their whole life. Maybe they been, Maybe they got paralyzed when they were, like, 18, and um, they had to adjust. Me, I'm used to this. I've been born like this. So this is all I know. I I wish I had the opportunity to walk once, um, but you know, unfortunately, that's not the the choice that was made for me. How do you stay optimistic with something like that? Um, well, I think sharing my story helps. Um, like places like this, like uh, the this podcast. Um, sharing my story and how I, I was born and how I deal with it, um, it helps. It's kind of like being um, an advocate for the community. Is like uh, you people may have issues, but just because they have issues doesn't mean they they're any different than any other person. Well said. Yeah, and some people, you know, think that, oh, just because you're in a wheelchair um, doesn't mean it means that you can't do the uh, play sports or whatever, and that's not true at all. Well, uh, what sports did you play growing up? Um, wheelchair basketball, actually. I was a wheelchair basketball player for, like, a few years. That's and awesome. Yeah, I wasn't very good. <laughs> uh, you know, I had struggles. But it was fun just to, like, roll around and... Um, what was your team called? The Warriors. 
The Warriors. Yeah, Road uh Road Warriors. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not in relation to the Golden State Warriors. Well, we were sponsored by them. Really? We spon- yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So it was fun, man. We got to wear the uniform and all that all that cool stuff and um there was a there was a game um we got to play at Oracle. You got to play at Oracle? Yeah, so that was fun. That's awesome. Um, That's so cool. Got to play in a few tournaments. Um and were like, you guys collectively good as a team? We we were good. We had a good record. I I was probably the worst player on the team. Um <laughs> You know, I was a very good shooter, um, yeah. but I could, I could play defense for sure. That's cool. Yeah, it was it was fun, but um, the coach was kind of a you know, he, he I didn't get along with him. Oh, oh, we, we kind of um didn't see eye to eye, um, so I left the team. But I still I still like playing basketball. You know, I just don't want to play for that team. You know, I yeah, I, I felt like I. I it wasn't a good fit for me. I get um, that. Yeah. So unfortunately, um, you know, it was it wasn't that fun because of the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, but I still enjoy the sport. You know. I totally get that. Are you um Are you looking for another team right now, or is it kind of on pause for the season of your life? Uh, it, it's on pause for the season of my life. You know, I feel like I'm on the be- better things for myself. Um, with the stand-up comedy stuff and all that going on, um, I feel like I'm on, in a new stage. So uh, going back a minute, though, um, was it what was it like uh, growing up with a dis- disability? Like, especially in those younger stages of life, were, were kids nice to you? Were kids supportive, or were kids kind of? Um, it was a mix. I think um, most people were nice to me. Um, some people were kind of like scared, I guess you could say. Um, or I guess you could say they didn't know how to react. Um, they kind of looked at me as a, as a person they've never seen before. Um, so how would you react to them then if they didn't know how to react to you? Or even if they were coming across... Just not being very nice to you. Like, how would you react? Um, it would hurt, but I would keep it inside. Like, I, I wouldn't really, re- like, you couldn't really read my face. Like, uh, like I would, I would just, like, kind of roll away or kind of stay away from them and kind of shelter myself, you know. I would keep to myself a lot. Um, but the people that were nice to me, um, you know, where we became friends and we stayed friends for like a long time and some of them uh I'm still friends to this day uh that's you, awesome you know on social media and all that stuff so but yeah um to those people that you know were kind of taken back by me I guess I guess you could say um you know they had no reason to and that's yeah. why I didn't understand it was like all I tried to say was like I'm a normal person, just like them, but they didn't understand that. Kids are rough, man. Kids are mean. I guess because they were younger too. Like so, when you're younger, you don't understand a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but um, as I've grown older, a lot of the adults, uh, they seem to understand a lot more. And like growing up, um, I always gravitated 
towards the adults. Anyway, yeah. like I didn't really get along with the kids. Um, so I used to hang out with my older brothers and my dad. And yeah, people like that, like the older crowd. So what would you what would you say to a kid who's going going through the same thing you went through? Say someone who's seven eight years old. What would you tell yeah. them now if you could, or anybody going through this? Um, what you know? Um, growing up, I didn't really uh, go to physical therapy as often as I should have, and I was kind of a lazy kid growing up um so if you're like seven or eight and you have cp or whatever um go to physical therapy that's one thing i would say is like um do whatever you can to walk because if you walk um it will pay off in the long run um you'll feel a lot better uh growing up i was really lazy and i didn't want to do the work um and now that I'm older, now I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, I wish I, I wish I went to therapy. I wish I did the work, you know, cause I probably would have felt a lot better than I do right now. I think you're where you're supposed to be though, man. You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I would, would have been as humbled as I am now. If I was not in a wheelchair. Humbling one's ego is <laughs> quite a painful process. Yeah, I feel like I would be, uh, I feel like I would be more cocky. I get that. Yeah. Like, you know how, like, football players in high school, they're, like, all co- cocky, like, uh, jock guys? I, feel I like- well... I, I can extend that to, like, I was cocky in high school. I, I still am cocky, and I have to work on it, you know? It's just something that yeah I think a lot of people don't realize how how cocky the, we're all blind to it, you know? Because we just think we're being us or normal, and, like, we can't necessarily see the extent of the things we're doing or saying and how it's affecting the people around us. Right, so I, I, might, I might still be cocky. I don't know. Um... <laughs> But, you know, that's just the way I am. That's just my personality. Um, Like somebody I was talking about, somebody I was talking to last night uh, said I was cocky. They did? Yeah. And I I said, really? And she's like, yeah, you kind of are. And I'm like, oh, sorry. I think that's just the way I am. Like, that's just my personality. I don't mean to be that way. It's just the way it comes out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's not... I'm not saying that against you, but, like, when it comes to, like, how we look at ourselves or our egos, it's really, really easy to get caught up in, oh, we're the best at this, oh, we're the best at this, because it's painful to look at the things that maybe we aren't strong in, you know? Yeah. And I'm not I'm not speaking over your life or anything. You're wonderful, no. Brad, but... Um, no, yeah. I, for, for me, I, I had to look at so many things, like, in music, for, I couldn't write great songs because when I was 15 I already thought I was writing great songs and I I don't I I had to get rid of that mentality to even write average not that you can compare songs that are good or better but if you want to keep improving 
at something, you have to really let go. Oh, I'm good at this. Oh, I'm great at this. Like you have to be like, no, I always have more to learn. There's always more to learn in any situation in life. You so, know? so now that you look at your uh, old songs, are they? <laughs> no. Dude, some of them, some of them suck. Um, I was fortunate enough to play with really talented musicians when I was young. Um, yeah. and they carried, uh, yeah, they carried my shittiness. <laughs> they kind of cloaked it. They hid it. Um, yeah. but, um, it's, I don't know. It, it's a path and I can't yeah. even say now that the stuff that I'm not even writing songs right now, but in the last year, the things that I was writing a year ago, they, I can definitely see improvement from a couple years back, yeah. but what is improvement and what is so it's yeah. Who, it's just keep who, questioning and who decides those types of things. Who knows, man? Who knows? So. Uh, I know. I I I wish you would g- get back into music. You know, <sighs> I appreciate I, that. <laughs> I, heard, I heard some of the stuff and it's really good. Like you know, um, that means a lot to me, man. And like I I could feel your uh, passion about it. You know, I never seen anybody passionate uh, about music as you are. You know, like you carry so much passion with you and like you want to do it so bad. But, you know, if you do it like you don't want it to go wrong. Or, it's not that know. I don't want it to go wrong. I just really think God has other plans for my life. And yeah. I, I see when I put it down and I surrender it, other doors and other paths start opening up for me. And I, right. I can walk through them with ease. Things that are healthier for me and the people around me. Because I wouldn't be doing something like this podcast. I wouldn't be watching sports. I wouldn't be spending as much time with my family. If I was still doing music this year, I don't know what what the end result of that path will be for me, but I just really know that it's the time in my life to put it down and just try something else. Right, May, maybe this podcast is your, is your new music. You know, I I love doing this podcast, but I just really want to keep it with music. It gets so it becomes everything in my entire life. I want right. to keep this podcast. Like, I just want to focus on, like, me and you talking right now. Yeah. You know, and not get too wrapped up in, oh, I'm going to do this podcast or, y- you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, because you're an all or nothing guy. That's who you are. <laughs> I, that is that yeah. is true. And yeah. I'm, wor- I'm working on it, but um, that's dictated a lot of the decisions and directions in my life. I, I wish I was that guy. I wish I was, like, an all or nothing guy because um, a lot of times, like, in my life, like, I, f- I find that laziness. Uh, gets the best of me sometimes and like I want to do certain things and I just don't get to it because I'm like a, I just like being lazy <laughs> I, you know? I like being lazy too Brad I understand and so, so sometimes that gets the best of, of me and um, I'm trying to get out of that like I'm trying to be like less lazy and more active um, so yeah it's just it's hard you know I do <laughs> it's tough but um Hey, you seem like you're really making strides with your with your comedy, and you're telling me you're going down to L.A. all the time and doing those open mics. Yeah, it's it's been a great experience. I I love it. Are you? Do you see yourself stepping up and doing more shows in the Bay Area though? Uh, I know I know you've told me you want to move down to L.A. I mean, yeah, um, I would love to do stuff in the Bay Area. It's just um, the Bay Area kind of doesn't have a scene. It's like the way the Bay Area works is like you already kind of have to be like established yeah. to do shows down here. And like the way L.A. Uh, works is like there's comedy clubs everywhere. 
So you could do, yeah. you know, there's constantly shows going on, and you don't have to be, um, you don't have to be established. You could just kind of go around and get your name out there and and practice, uh, you know, and and get good be, be, before anyone sees you. Yeah, you, you know. So it's just kind of more of a LA is kind of a, a training ground before the big show. So Brad, do you have any kind words you want to end the podcast with? Uh yeah, uh if you, if anyone out there is dealing with some something similar to what I'm dealing with, whether it be a disability or uh depression or what what have you, um you know, it's okay. Uh you'll get through it, you know. It it's it's a battle, but as you grow older and wiser, um, you come to understand like certain things happen to you for certain reasons, and um, it's gonna get better for you. And I, you know, just keep loving uh, yourself, and uh, others will love you. So that's it for episode seven. Thank you so much for coming on, Brad. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you and everyone else who tuned in tonight. I greatly appreciate you spending your time here with us. And I hope to see you here for episode eight. I will talk to you guys soon. Have a good rest of your week.